Did you see Nina had a mouse? Did you see her post today? No, I did not. I've been offline trying to put the house back in some semblance of order. Yeah, from all the keggers while you were gone. Yeah. What's that thing? Like when you, you reach a point in getting ready to go anywhere where I feel like any um, – you, you, you start off with the – truest of intentions and this idea of like we're going to keep everything nice and orderly so when we come back we're coming back to just everything is perfect oh yeah no and then a day and a half like you're you're trying to just push that line of when you stop caring as close as you can to the moment you walk out and lock the door behind you and we didn't do as great a job as we had done in the past so there's a few things that need to get you know, taken care of. Yeah, but in, 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 in the in, in fairness, you have like a gaggle of people and munchkins yes. that you sort yes. of get a little bit more of a free pass. Like I do the same thing, but it's right. it's me and maybe the dog, but the dog gets picked up within an hour of me leaving. So Yeah. And the dog's got a fit bark. And the dog's got a fit bark. I don't know what that has to do with this. But I don't um, know, but someday, someday fit bark. We need a we yeah. need a we're a top fan of Fitbark. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what yes. we need. Which exactly. there's a whole new uh contender in the world of Fitbark, I'll have to send you. Ooh, like please. Ringo yes. wasn't back on the thing and Mocha has been completely dethroned and there's some brand new Shih Tzu. Uh oh. Which I still keep thinking there has to come a point where it's a little excessive for their little legs. Like I'm gonna Yeah, now I want to take one step back for a second, and this might be inappropriate. That's all right. How's Mocha doing? Do we have – is Mocha – Okay, so Mocha, it's so funny you Mocha still with said us? that because that was the first thing that crossed my mind. And then I started to think, oh, what if something happened to Mocha? What if she had a right. heart attack? And I don't want to know that. I can't even watch dog movies without having a nervous breakdown. There are various dogs – loved ones have and people i've known around the world have owned throughout the years that i mm-hmm. have refused to allow them to tell me when they've passed so there are dogs out there that are like 35 years old just kicking it in frenchum in surrey i mean huh. why not right I don't what's 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 old yeller been up to in your world uh, old yeller i can't <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I, and why was it when you thought of Mocha, your immediate thought went to, did Mocha have a heart attack? Well, because I keep thinking about- Is Mocha under a lot of stress? I Does it work? I feel like Mocha is under a lot of stress because I feel like Mocha's under a lot of pressure to stay at the top of that leaderboard. And well, when you get Ringo, that reminder every day of being like Ringo's breathing in your tail, you know. But Ringo like caught up just once and she, he didn't even surpass her. He was still like, or him, like 2,000 steps behind, but just made it onto the, the leaderboard. Then all of a right. sudden the next week, Mocha like skyrocketed even further ahead. And then the next week, Mocha's not even there. Oh, yeah. No, that definitely feels like right? he slash she. We need to find out Mocha's I pronoun. Know, we do first have to off. find out Mocha's um, pronoun. <laughs> that maybe Mocha was under the weather, not feeling great, decided to take a me week. Who knows? That's what I'm hoping. Maybe Mocha was in Disney. Right. Looked at the leaderboard and just, oh my God, what are we going to do? And and hit that treadmill. Yeah. Okay. Now I see why you how you got to heart attack. Right? That doesn't seem as far-fetched as... Playing it through now. Yeah. Man, Mocha. I know. I hope Mocha's okay. I really yeah, do. I'm going to be pouring one out this evening. I know. Uh, just in case. After you finish pouring one out for Mom and Doug. This is Why with your hosts, 
Heidi Hedquist, and Luke Poling. How creepy is it to show up at work before the museum is open and all the lights are off? That is a phenomenal question. Uh, I do unlock the museum sometimes in City Hall Plaza, uh, where we do have Beaver and Kennedy to greet me. Um, <laughs> that, you know, there, there is a somewhat of a, of a creep mystique factor with wax figures inherently, and that's why we embrace it. Uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We welcome our visitors to really enjoy the experience of what does this guy look like? And let me put my face next to this. And what expression is that in their eye? So I step and tiptoe quietly. And once the alarm is off, I'm very happy and relieved to wave hello to Clint Eastwood and Nicole Kidman on the way to work. How'd you get into the Wax Museum game? Uh, another great question. Uh, really just a fortuitous uh, application of resume and uh, a great mash of personalities, cultures, and opportunity. Uh, my background is in uh, software sales and technology from the West Coast, and here I am with entertainment in the East Coast. So uh, we, we found a melding of the minds with really untapped opportunity. Uh, Dreamland is Brazilian-owned and operated their first venture outside of Brazil, where it's a really exciting prospect to fill the gap of a Boston Wax Museum after 45 years, the predecessor burned down, and share the historic and the entertaining aspect of it and get the word out to as many Bostonians and uh, New Englanders as possible. How do you determine who gets into the museum? So that goes back to our wonderful corporate uh, organization in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, Dreamland has 35, count them, 35 attractions and uh, well-honed strategies for their wax museums, where licensing from America is fast and loose. So Mickey Mouse and Spider-Man can play in Brazil, whereas in America, uh, we might have to go through a few more hurdles in licensing. And that is a major factor in consideration uh, licenses, as you can imagine, will jump up unexpectedly and we'll find out a quarter later that the movie releases do. <laughs> so uh, mm. th that's a great question. If you're looking to open your own uh, wax museum, you might want to look for uh, historical uh, people like, um, I don't know, Alexander the Great or Napoleon that aren't uh, opening movie releases anytime soon. <laughs> that's a good point or you just aren't litigious right yeah, <laughs> yeah Alexander solved his uh, problems <laughs> different ways <laughs> and Rick you mentioned you heard us on the Conan O'Brien podcast that was a really wonderful yes. opportunity for a general manager who was named in that uh, podcast Bianca works closely with me here and we had a fun ton in cheek interchange where a professor from Boston University asked, why is the Brookline Redheaded Hero not at the Boston Wax Museum? And he <laughs> uh, took it and said, you know, I'm very insulted. And then he spoke with us and Bianca really assured him that we would love to feature him. We are pushing him to the front of the line. And most importantly, speaking <laughs> with him granted us permission. So we really look forward to right. a redhead. And you know, just as a joke, I did take a suggestion to replace Whoopi Goldberg's head with a pumpkin. But I really don't want to put that out. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> How often do you get, even just from the general public, uh, specific requests for a particular figure to be in the museum? Great thought. Uh, we have questions inside the museum and outside the museum. 
about uh, 50 third graders were here last Wednesday, raising their hand, is this person here, is this person here? And we welcome in our field trips with a very fun video wall, 12 foot video wall of why are wax figures and how were they originally made and who was this Madame Tussaud from Paris and um, how did she get her start with death masks and profiles and, at 15? And it helps the children really understand the appreciation of the history of wax before the internet, uh, before the photograph, and it helps them appreciate the making of these. These are six to 12 month, uh, tens of thousands of dollars figurines, works of art. So there's an appreciation there. And we generally answer that question with, well, the surprise is part of the fun. I mean, rather than putting uh, these figures against the wall, we have very immersive galleries. Like our Hall of Presidents is constantly playing uh, American themes, a Star Spangled Banner. It's hard to go through there without putting your hand on your heart and saluting. We have every president through there, but then when you go to see musicians and celebrities, we have a disco ball and a bright neon guitar. <laughs> so uh, we generally like to say, be surprised as you walk from world to world. And when you come to explore the Catholic Church, for example, you know, come find the Pope, come find St. Teresa, but also see somebody else there. And um, we, we'd like to tease that out because there really is an experience of going from one gallery to another. You know, our Hall of Presidents concludes with a Oval Office, and people love to play poses on the president's desk or hold up a sign, either MAGA or not my president, as you can imagine. We try to accommodate both. And uh, right. I for the Mooch or Sarah Huckabee Sanders, so they can pretend to be the uh, probably least envied position in all the free world. And Heidi, to also answer right. your question, <laughs> right. also answer your question on the question. <laughs> Our founders are descendants from Arthur Fiedler. And if you don't recognize them, I saw that. You know the Boston Pop. So he popularized of course. everywhere. And Fourth of July is huge. And our own Arthur Fiedler will go there by the clamshell every Fourth of July and welcome people with his conducting arms at the top. And I'm sorry, I'll just add one more. Today, Fanwell Hall and Quincy Market asked if we would uh, contribute to Pride as Lady Gaga figuring was there last uh, June. So we'll be pleased to share a. Uh, a pride-friendly character and wax figure, and we don't know just yet whether it's uh, the celebrity who's saying, I kissed a girl, or the president who lit up the White House with rainbow lights. How did the family uh, that started the museum in Brazil, how did they get involved with the business of wax museums? I would love to know our origin, origin story, Heidi. Unfortunately, I've been here too short a time uh, to really meet everybody from overseas and ask them the origin, but as far as Arthur Fiedler and opening Boston, that direct tie really inspired the resurrection of a long lost wax museum here in uh, downtown Boston. How is a wax figure made? Is there a company that you work with or do you guys make your own? Well, Dreamland Enterprises in uh, Brazil has several subcontractors and vertically integrated makings of uh, putting the plaster casts on and uh, all the makeup. We have a full employee here full-time restoring Angie Jackson and Michael Jackson and putting on makeup and adjusting features constantly because of the wear and tear of just being in a uh, public display. And we have some assemblies throughout the world and you wouldn't believe the shipping costs. But, uh, it is a long process. So it really does take six to 12 months for a figure to go from inception to uh, final standing in our uh, galleries. 
So I'm assuming a more specialized figure might be a little bit harder because you're not making you're not making four Obamas. You're making one Ray Bork. Or is it all about the same? No, that's that's right. Sometimes it's a matter of where the interest lies. Uh, there's also supply and demand. Sometimes the uh, uh, Wax Museum around the world will go out of business and have uh, something available for acquisition. And the, I think 90% of ours are not by acquisition. They're actually homegrown and homemade. And you can see that in the detail. I mean, when you stand next to Michael Jordan and you see the veins and the muscles in his forearms, it, it is just awe-inspiring that somebody took the time to not just create a face and put it on broomsticks, as somebody once told me they saw up in Niagara Falls, but to really feel <laughs> like you're standing next to that celebrity or world figure. Do you have a favorite figure? Oh my gosh, I can't play favorites, Luke. They're all, I'm in love with all of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like your children? Honestly, the one that uh, evokes my emotional response is Mother Teresa. Uh, one, you're, you're shocked mm-hmm. by Two, the wrinkles and expressions in her face are amazing. Three, there's just a slight glimmer of a tear in her left eye that just draws you in. And four, the ferocity shines through her diminutive figure. It, it is just, it's an, again, in a great gallery where you're just reminded of something greater than all ourselves. And then you, you're just humbled by this uh, Mother Teresa who's become a saint and visited, a, I think it was a Dorchester uh, chapel that named itself St. Teresa Church here in Boston. So uh, just, you know, tying mm-hmm. the, the mystique and the history and I, everybody asks, are they the real height? We try as much as possible to match height. So whether it's Larry Bird or uh, Mother Teresa, you really get a feel of how you compare. Now, I'm assuming you're not allowed to touch the figures, correct? Correct. Uh, you know, we can have an arm around a shoulder, just loosely, uh, uh, tied to them, but we do have props, we do have figures, we do have costumes. So, for example, uh, if you want to play uh, Steven Spielberg next to Chuck Norris, we have that movie clip and the megaphone from a director's chair, and we have a scepter and a cape for the Royal Highness next to the Queen. So, it is a very interactive museum where we love to say, you know, take selfies with celebrities for Boston's number one selfie museum and have fun with it. But unfortunately, the oils on human beings' fingertips to destroy these works of art. So we just ask for there to be a little cushion of air between our hands and uh, the wax figures. But otherwise, it really is a a free-for-all, holding up signs, uh, putting on goofy hats, and uh, playing along with your uh, famous figure. Do a lot of guests get handsy? And do you have to step in and say, hey, go easy on Snoop Dogg? (laughs) Snoop is so much fun because he's sitting on a couch (laughs) <laughs> uh, a couple were sitting and, and tagged him the other day with a position that really wasn't family friendly. <laughs> you <know>? Sure. Well, <laughs> on the social media, tongue in cheek, you know, hopefully a field trip wasn't around the corner. But that is just a <laughs> how our guests love to interact. They really, these figures draw you in and you just feel like you're there with them. You know, if the room isn't necessarily green like Snoop Dogg's, at least he's got a position and an expression. That reminds you of uh, who he is and what he what he's about. Right. How do you determine the facial expressions? I noticed Obama looks really happy. Trump, less so. Um, is it simply the times where you're like, well, one guy is out of work and doesn't have much to do, and the other guy is suddenly looking at a stack of paperwork? Or 
how did you make that call? Um, yeah, a lot of people wonder, you know, there is some variety in accuracy. Um, you know, the, the original way these were made were from uh, death masks. And uh, the ancient Egyptians would make mm-hmm. the likeness. And we know about King Tut, for example, from that mask that would try to take before any, um, you know, maybe a papyrus, but there certainly wasn't the Edison photograph or phonograph to capture anything. So what did they do centuries ago? They made things out of clay. And that is where we made most of our um, presidents who are now deceased. Abraham Lincoln favors, famously had a life mask. And when you see statues and likenesses of uh, Lincoln, they're almost all from that same mask that he posed for about three years before he passed away. And that mm-hmm. really determines our accuracy. The next one, you may have heard our general manager with uh, Conan on his podcast saying, we take 200 measurements. Well, you know our redheaded from from Worldwide took measurements and ran with it, but um, right. it right. takes a couple hours to sit with a live celebrity, get all of their measurements, and then look, you're blown away by the accuracy with what we can create from that. Um, as far as expression, you know, I toured the museum with a, uh, a sculptor, and he said, it's not just about the likeness, it's about who they are. And when you see the vulnerable mm-hmm. ferocity of, uh, let's say, St. Teresa, or you see the, um, uh, I'm trying to think of other examples, and Justin Bieber's got a- Well, I mean, the Dalai Lama, similarly, there's a, or just from the photo of him. Luke, you've done your homework, my friend. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I tried. There's, there's <laughs> more, you know, and I'm sure every sculptor can tell you, it's not just about how they look like the real person. It's also how do they express like the spirit of that person once was. And Martin Luther King stands in front of the Washington Mall. And when you put your mobile phone up with our mobile app, an augmented reality comes up with this I have a dream speech. And you just feel completely sucked in. If not just by the figure in the background of the gallery, but then also by our augmented reality playing a video of that uh, momentous time in history. That app is really interesting, and I think that's going to definitely take, obviously, the experience to a whole new level, as you said. Um, Are other wax museums doing that, or are you one of the first, is Dreamland one of the first to incorporate augmented reality? I think every wax museum is entitled to do what they like to do. Um, I've seen the broomsticks, as somebody jokingly mentioned, up in Canada. We're just really pleased to have something that sets us apart, and Customers come off the Freedom Trail and they hear about a founding father or they hear about John Adams and then they come 100 steps from the Old South, uh, Old State House, and they see them and they experience them. And then they pull up their mobile phone and they see a battleground of uh, Abe Lincoln or they see uh, Washington Cross of the Delaware on their phone. And it really transforms an experience to something that says, wow. And you know, I was just talking to a family in the lobby this morning. I said, yeah, hey, did you guys have a good time? And before either parent could respond, the seven-year-old looked up and said, yeah, it was great. And that's the kind of thing that just makes me think, I am so lucky to work here. This is such a great place. And I just kind of want to, I, I want to share that, you know, eight million people see the Freedom Trail every year. You know, if they uh, take a few steps to the left, they can really bring back that moment of time that everybody talks about and just kind of feel like they were really there. What do you want people to take away from this museum? What have you seen people take away from it? Like the family I talked to this morning and a seven-year-old looks up and says it was great. I want to pass on the experience of customers taking selfies with celebrities, 
field trips and teachers loving that their kids are so engrossed to these presidents. Um, people having fun with augmented reality, there's something different. And having this great compliment along the Freedom Trail that they are experiencing history. They're not just talking about it openly, that there's a real interaction and feeling like you walk into that world in, in our galleries, in our uh, interactive augmented reality, and even with our guides who really, you know, help our guests make themselves feel welcome and uh, add a real joy to visiting Boston. I, I see this term, a cradle of the universe or center of the universe. I think that's a little egotistical. <laughs> I think that, well, agree to disagree, <laughs> but keep going. Liberty is, is, it's a great compliment to have an experience that, you know, might be a little bit out of a nor'easter snowfall <laughs> and keep, keep yourself away mm-hmm. from the old Ironsides and uh, Quincy Market and uh, just really take a bite out of history and, and take a selfie with someone silly. I think that's what I love uh, to share with people. And uh, Dreamland really is something different because of its. It's a passion for that experience. The travelers really can escape the humdrum of everyday life, escape the cold New England winter, and you know come inside and just experience these different worlds with these people that really did transform human history. Next time you're in Massachusetts, make sure to check out the Dreamland Wax Museum. They are located in beautiful downtown Boston. For more information, check out their website, dreamlandwaxmuseum.com. For more Y content, including behind the scenes, additional photos and video, as well as outtakes, visit whythepodcast.com. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It'll help other folks find us and join our cult. The more cult members you bring in, the better your seat will be on the mothership. Oh, and don't forget to follow us on social, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even LinkedIn. Today's show was produced by myself and Heidi Hedquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our graphic designer is Samantha Mustonen. Our intern is Randy Jeanette. The theme song was performed by the Electrosynthno Magnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. Nigel, is that you? Are you here? Nigel?